Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, gentlemen, and welcome to Men's World on Radio Eye. As a reminder, Radio Eye is a reading service intended for people who are blind or have other disabilities that make it difficult to read printed material. Now, in today's show, it's going to be a little different than many of our past shows. You know, over the course of the past few years, we've had stories about heroes, about health, mysteries, crime, and a wide variety of other topics. But I guess you can call today's show a refresher course in American civics. Specifically, I'm referring to the U.S. Bill of Rights. We're going to go through the Bill of Rights. There's ten of them. And I'll give you some background to each of the rights. Now, I don't want you to think this is going to be real boring. It's not. Actually, I believe that you'll, you'll find it quite interesting. It'll give us a better understanding of how our democracy is intended to function and will allow you to more accurately interpret many of the issues you hear so often in the news. Here's why I think this is an appropriate topic for today. You know, I think that oftentimes news articles, reporters, politicians, and so-called experts try to make us feel inferior because they reference their given rights. To tell you the truth, I resent that intentional superiority attitude. And you know how to conquer that? Through a little bit of knowledge. So that's what today's show is all about. And it's not intended to be liberal or conservative, democratic or republican in nature. It's just to help us utilize critical thinking versus just believing everything we hear on the news. Also, if we have a bit of time at the end of the show, I'll answer that question that has baffled humanity for years. Actually, I say that kind of facetiously, but it is a baffling issue nonetheless, and we'll try to get to the bottom of it. Having said all that, please keep in mind that the articles presented on Men's World are for general information only. Radio Eye does not endorse or recommend any of the subjects mentioned. So, why is show devoted to the Bill of Rights? Because so often you hear people in news stories, TV shows, etc., they use the phrase, I have a right to this, or a right to that. Or they say, it's my constitutional right. And you know, I began to think, Is it really a right provided to us by God or country? Or is it just a convenient way for that spokesperson to justify their own words and actions? So, I reread the Constitution and its various amendments. Then I reread the Bill of Rights. And you know what I found? Many times when people use these phrases, they are completely incorrect. Certain rights that they claim are not even mentioned in the Constitution or in the Bill of Rights. Well, the Constitution itself is fairly lengthy, and then there are all the amendments attached to it. So, I just want to focus today on the Bill of Rights. And by the way, 
please keep in mind there's a major difference between amendments and rights. Amendments, by definition of the word, need to be attached to a primary document. Consequently, you're amending the document. In this case, the uh, Constitution. But a right is a standalone, and it is unalienable. So, let's get into it. Um, so here's the Bill of Rights, and this, this, all this information appeared on the website thisnation.com, and it was written by uh, the staff uh, at This Nation. It appeared on September 23rd of last year, and it begins. One of the most famous quotes from the Bill of Rights is the specification that the document is the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights that shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. Well, what does that mean? In other words, the Bill of Rights lays out rights of the individual. The document explains the most important rights of the American people, and it is meant to protect citizens against the infringement of those rights by the government. Well, who wrote this Bill of Rights? Obviously, it was written, <laughs> written a long time ago. The, the chief writing of the Bill of Rights is attributed to founding father James Madison, and Thomas Jefferson was actually an inspiration for him in, as he drafted the document. Dre- Jefferson himself said, a Bill of Rights is what the people are entitled to against every government on earth, general or particular, and what no government should refuse. So, why is the Bill of Rights important? When the Bill of Rights was drafted, several of the original states were reluctant to provide support for the Constitution as it was written. So the Bill of Rights set specific boundaries for government power, including that of politicians as a governmental body, and the military and law enforcement. So overall, the Bill of Rights offers protection for individual liberties. Another question, why are the first ten amendments called the Bill of Rights? And this is a little misleading here because it's not really an amendment, it's an add-on, as I mentioned earlier. It's an inalienable right. Well, the founding fathers behind the Bill of Rights wanted to promote individual liberties. They wanted to place limits on a centralized federal government and set out the rights of the states as well. So, just to insert here, the point being that the founding fathers were very concerned about a central government, the federal government, having too much power. They felt this power should be with the individual and with the states. And the federal government should only have the power to do those things that any one state individually could not do. Like, in other words, uh, defend itself against war from a foreign uh, adversary. Now, the founding fathers believed these rights were naturally given to citizens of America. Now, you may ask yourself, can the Bill of Rights be changed? Yes, it can be changed, but it's very convoluted very involved uh, process, and only the legislature can change the Bill of Rights. You know, typically, Congress is loath to make any outright changes to the Bill of Rights, as people would see that as an infringement upon one's individual rights. So, 
what would happen if there wasn't the Bill of Rights, if, if our founding fathers didn't write it? Well, it's not possible to predict exactly what would happen. The founding fathers believed, without a Bill of Rights, the federal government could become oppressive and too distant from the people to be controlled. And I mentioned earlier this was written a long time ago. Well, it was actually written in 1789, and it was heavily influenced by the Virginia State Constitution. Um, is it still important today? You know, the Bill of Rights is still hotly contested, even over 200 years after it's been written. The Second Amendment is always a political issue, particularly within the past 25 years. And during the 1960s, many individuals had their First Amendment rights infringed upon during the Civil Rights era. So today, as we see much legislation being presented to Congress, Americans differ on whether some proposed laws are an infringement upon our individual rights as laid out in the Constitution. We also see that the Fourth, Fifth, Sixth, and Seventh Amendments are also important as court cases can be overturned if a judge determines an accused person's rights have been violated. So let me give you the Ten Amendments and I'll read the amendment and then um, kind of a little background kind of ex which explains it and things that the Supreme Court has ruled upon uh, specific to that uh, Bill of Rights. So the first one is, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. So, what's that, what's that really interpret? What does it mean in today, today's English, if you will? Well, initially, the First Amendment applied only to laws enacted by Congress, and many of its provisions were interpreted more narrowly than they are today. In fact, in a 1947 case, the Supreme Court went all the way back to Thomas Jefferson's correspondence to call for a wall of separation between church and state, though the precise boundary of the separation still remains a bit in dispute. But when you hear about separation of church and state, that's where it comes from, First Amendment. And also, uh, speech rights were expanded significantly in a series of 20th and 21st century court decisions that protected various forms of political speech, anonymous speech, campaign financing, school speech, and so forth. And the Free Press Clause protects publication of information and opinions and applies to a wide variety of media. In addition to the right of assembly guaranteed by this clause, by the way, keep in mind it said peaceably assemble. People can peaceably assemble. The court has also ruled that the amendment implicitly protects freedom of association. So guys, by the way, before we get into the Second Amendment, what happens is, you know, you hear, you hear, well, the Supreme Court ruled on this or that. It's because somebody brought a case and said the Bill of Rights were violated or, or some point of the Constitution was violated. And then the court has to decide, has to kind of interpret that Bill of Rights and then, uh, or, or constitutional point and determine if, it, if, if in fact it was violated. 
Now, the Second Amendment, uh, Second Bill uh, of Right, you hear a lot about this, of course. And here's what it says, very simply. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, the concept of such a right existed actually back in England um, in their common law. And it's long been a controversial issue in American political, legal, and social discourse. The Second Amendment has been the heart, at the heart of several Supreme Court decisions. Now, there were two important Supreme Court rulings that I'll, I'll, call, I'll want to call out. One was in 2008, and the Supreme Court said um, that, that this bill protects an individual right to possess a firearm unconnected with service in militia and to use that arm for traditionally lawful purposes such as self-defense within the home, but also they also stated that the right is not unlimited. It is not a right to keep and carry any weapon whatsoever, in any manner whatsoever, and for whatever purpose. Then, um, in 2010, the court ruled the Second, Amendment, uh, Second uh, Bill of Rights limits state and local governments to the same extent that it limits the federal government. So basically, the court has said yes. You, uh, a person is entitled to um, have a weapon, and it can only be used for lawful purposes. One of those being self-defense within the home, and that the states and local governments are have the same restrictions as the federal government. You, 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 they have to allow that. This is the ruling. Whether you agree or not, that was the ruling. What's the third bill of right? The third one. Um, really, uh, you don't hear too much about this one, but this third one says, No soldier shall, in time of peace, be quartered in any house without the consent of the owner, nor in wartime, but in a manner to be prescribed by law. See, the background of this, this uh, bill, uh, Bill of Rights, it restricts the quartering of soldiers in private homes that really had to do with um, when the American colonies were fighting against the British and trying to um, to break away. And it's really, of, of all the rights, it's the least controversial of the Constitution. And um, as of May of this year, actually, it's never been the basis of a Supreme Court decision. No one's ever brought the, a challenge to that. It just doesn't happen. So we don't have to worry too much about that one. The fourth right is the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the person or things to be seized. So the background on this one, um, and there's a lot of cases that come up, one one of which I'll mention that's current. Now, this this fourth right, it guards against unreasonable searches and seizures, along with requiring any warrant to be uh, judiciously sanctioned and supported by a probable cause. It was adopted as a response to the abuse of the writ of assistance, 
which is a type of real general search warrant. So search and seizure, including arrest, must be limited in scope according to specific information supplied to the issuing court. It usually comes by uh, from the law enforcement official. So um, you may have heard this in the news uh, that um, former President Trump um, is suing because uh, they they uh, conducted a search of his property, and he he says that it was very it was very general in terms, and they took a lot of things they shouldn't have taken. So basically, he's suing under the this fourth bill of right, and he's saying that the the fourth says it has to be specific, and it ha- there has to be probable cause, and his claim is that there wasn't. So we'll have to see what happens in the news. Now, the fifth right is a little longer, but anyway, it's, it's, um, it's an interesting one. No person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on presentment or indictment of a grand jury, except in cases arising in naval forces of militia. Um, so I won't, won't go through and read all of it. It's fairly long. But basically, the fifth, this Fifth Amendment, if you will, the Bill of Rights, protects against double jeopardy. In other words, a person can't be tried twice for the same crime unless new evidence comes up. And um, they, they, it protects an individual against self-incrimination, and it guarantees the right to due process. In other words, uh, to go to be able to go before a, a jury. So. This amendment, um, this bill, this right, this was the basis of the Supreme Court's decision in a case called Miranda versus Arizona, back in 1966, which established that defendants must be informed of their rights to an attorney and against self-incrimination prior to interrogation by police. So two things here. You hear this a lot, TV shows, you hear people say this, you know, um, you watch these crime shows and someone's being arrested and they'll say, read him as Miranda. This is where it comes from. The Supreme Court case saying that you've got to give a person, you got to explain their rights to a person um, when they're being arrested. And also, you hear this all the time too, people will say, I'm taking the fifth, I plead the fifth. That means this fifth Bill of Rights, which says you, you don't have to submit to self-incrimination. So kind of interesting. I mean, this is still a real common use today. Now, what's the sixth one? Well, this one um, says that in all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the, the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state where that crime was committed. Um, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. And it, also the accused will have the assistance of counsel for his defense. So this we hear all the time too, um, that everyone is entitled to defense counsel, which is which is really a good thing. The part that that doesn't uh, happen, uh, and really you would think there would be more cases brought to the Supreme Court about this, is this said the right to a speedy trial. It doesn't define speedy. What does that mean? You know, and you hear cases that go on for years before they're tried. I wouldn't consider that's too speedy. Um, kind of related to that, this, the seventh bill says, in all suits at common law, 
where the value of controversy shall exceed $20, the right of trial by jury shall be preserved. And no fact tried by a jury uh, shall be otherwise re-examined in any court of the United States. So, basically, um, $20, I think that, that actually is still in effect. Anything over $20 you could sue for. And in 1973, the Supreme Court ruled that you could meet the requirement, the government meets that requirement by uh, a jury with a minimum of six members. So, as, you, as you've heard, uh, six of, six of your, your common citizens. Um, turning to the eighth uh, bill of right, and that, again, kind of all related here, and that says excessive bail shall not be required nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishments inflicted. Now this is the most frequently litigated clause in the Bill of Rights, and it forbids cruel and unusual punishment, as I just said. In fact, in 1972, the Supreme Court um, said that some members found capital punishment in itself is a violation of the amendment saying that um, it evolved, it's evolving standards of decency, it's cruel and unusual punishment. But, and then, um, so a lot of states then halted uh, executions. And then in 1976, the court found that some poor prison conditions constitute cruel and unusual punishment. So again, when somebody brings a, a case and says it's violated their rights, this is what they turn to, this Bill of Rights. And in many cases, uh, they have a very valid point. So almost at the end here, the ninth says, the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. Now, what does that mean? This is, old, again, old English, you know, written 200 years ago. So what they're saying here is the ninth declares that there are additional fundamental rights that exist outside the Constitution. The rights enumerated in the Constitution are not an exhaustive list of individual rights. Now, this is interesting, this ninth, because in 1965, the Supreme Court voided a statute prohibiting the use of contraceptives as an infringement of the right of marital privacy. Now, this right, in turn, it was the foundation upon which the Supreme Court built decisions in several landmark cases, including Roe versus Wade, which you hear about all the time. And um, it also uh, invalidated a Pennsylvania law that required spousal awareness prior to obtaining an abortion. And again, this is in the news a lot now because this has been overturned by the court. And they've said that the, the earlier court decision went too far and um, basically voided Roe versus Wade. And finally, the Tenth uh, Bill of Rights. The powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively, or to the people. So this is what I said earlier. This Tenth Bill of Rights it reinforces the principles of separation of powers 
and federalism by providing that powers not granted to the federal government by the Constitution nor prohibited to the states are reserved to the states or the people. Again, the idea here was that the, the founding fathers of our country said we don't want the federal government to get too big and powerful and control too much of our life. So therefore, it's very limited, the powers they have, and anything that's not decreed in the Constitution for the federal government is the right of a state to decide for the people. So I hope you enjoyed that. Um, it's interesting, isn't it, when you, when you actually hear what it says, how much abuse there is, uh, and yet it's still so important today. Well, we've got a few minutes left, so here's that, here's that um, baffling question that mankind wants to know, and that is, does bad weather really affect your internet performance? I think we've all suffered through this. And this information was on uh, Mental Floss, the website mentalfloss.com, October 3rd of 2021, written by Ellen Gateski. So let me, let me tell you what she had to say. So, you know, as soon as you hear of, that there's going to be scattered showers, you start bracing for a day of stop-and-go productivity as your Internet refuses to cooperate with any consistency. But does bad weather directly generate network connectivity issues, or is this just a recurring coincidence that we seem to experience? Well, if your Internet connection comes from a Wi-Fi router set up in an office or your house or some other indoor location, it's relatively safe from what's happening outside. The exception, though, could be humidity, which is much harder to keep out than precipitation, obviously. It doesn't rain inside your house, but it could get humid. And as the technology enthusiast at a website called TechWalla explain, the moisture in the air simply makes it more difficult for the signal to send efficiently, which could result in slower, more sluggish connection speed. But it's not likely that a very humid day would be enough to sever the signal completely. It's also possible that severe heat is causing your Wi-Fi equipment itself to overheat and lose function. But what's most likely is that when any kind of bad weather hits, people generally stay inside and pass the time online, whether it be binge-watching TV, scrolling through social media, etc., so what happens is there's just a lot of users on it all at once, and this could slow down everybody's Wi-Fi. If your Internet is cable or satellite-based, which most of us have, um, inclement weather could be the culprit behind your spotty connection. Satellite radio waves have a difficult time passing freely through solid barriers, like trees or buildings, and precipitation especially rain, since it's so dense, can, can really, truly interfere with a path that's usually clear. So for cable users, extreme temperatures or precipitation can damage the cables themselves. You know, everyone says it's wireless. <laughs> that's not entirely true. You, you think of wireless, it's wireless inside your home or office, perhaps, but there's wires running underground usually, from um, some central location to your building. So it's not totally wireless. Now in short, you might be able to blame a thunderstorm for your internet's bad behavior, but the specific cause 
depends on what type of internet you actually have. Well, that concludes our article. And to tell you the truth, I'm not sure if that answered the question or not. I guess the bottom line is, yes, weather can affect it. Be it humidity or real dense, uh, real heavy rains could affect it. But generally, it's because a lot of people are using it at once. So, I don't know, I guess we make our own uh, decisions based on that. Um, let me just say again, I hope you, you, you found that information in the Bill of Rights interesting. Next time you hear someone say that, I have a right to this or a right to that, think back on this, and you'll know what the, what the uh, Bill of Rights actually entails. Because too often it, the, the phrase is overused and it's misused. Well, that concludes Men's World for today. I have been your host. My name is Vince DePhillips. If you have any suggestions, comments, or questions concerning this program, please call us in our Lexington studios at area code 859-422-6390. Thanks for listening, and please stay tuned to Radio I. Now, if you're listening on Sunday, the program Veterans Voice follows this. If you're listening to the repeat on Monday, the program Get Fit will follow. Thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I wish you a great week. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.